Hi everyone. I just want to share with you a devotional today having to do with the truths of Christmas. And it's from hopefortheheart.org. And it's 10 wonderful truths. And uh, when I read this, it was a blessing to me. So I pray that it will be to you as well. The first one says, God is with us. And that is a wonderful truth of Christmas. It says, this is the first and the greatest truth of Christmas. God is with us. The Bible says, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And that's from John 1, 14. We do not work our way to God, but in Christ, God comes to us. If you've ever felt like God is indifferent or uncaring towards you, remember the story of Christmas. Remember that God pursued you in Christ, and he continues to do so. We do not worship a distant God, but rather a dwelling God, the God who makes his home among us, the God who is Emmanuel, the God who is with us. The second one is God has not forgotten us. When Christ came, the people of God had not heard a word from the Lord in centuries. In fact, the last book of the Old Testament, Malachi, was written around 440 to 400 BC. The people were longing to hear from God, waiting for him to fulfill his promises. In such moments of waiting, it's often tempting to think that God has forgotten us. The songs surrounding the birth of Christ in Luke 1 echo the sentiment that God has not forgotten his people. Mary sings, He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. Luke 1.54 The prophet Zechariah sings, He has been merciful to our ancestors by remembering his sacred covenant, the covenant he swore with an oath to our ancestor Abraham. That's from Luke 1.72-73 God quote, remembered his mercy, covenant, and his promises. When the Bible says that God remembers, it does not merely mean something is brought to God's attention or that he forgot something. It means to fix your attention on something and act on it. In the Christmas story, then, we see God turning his attention to his promises and acting on them to fulfill his word. We see God in mercy fixing his attention on us and acting on our behalf by sending Christ to save us. So be encouraged. God has not forgotten you. The third one is God understands. At Christmas, we remember that the Son of God became a man. He entered our world with all its brokenness, sin, and suffering. Jesus experienced the full range of human emotion and temptation with joys and sorrows and everything in between. As the man of sorrows, as Isaiah 53 verse 3 speaks of, Jesus understands our pain. He is not indifferent to our experiences and our emotions. He knows them. He has experienced them. The Lord Jesus can truly say to each one of us, I get it. I understand. So whatever you're going through, Know that you are not alone. God understands, and he invites you to come to him to receive his grace and help in your weakness. And our next one, number four, 
is God is immeasurably great and unexpectedly humble. Christmas is a time to marvel in awe and gratitude at the lengths that God has gone to to show us his love and to save us. The Creator came to his creation. The God of heaven came to earth. The infinite God became an infant son. The Lord, whose royal robe filled the temple of heaven, became a baby who was wrapped in swaddling clothes. Luke 2, verse 7. The God of the universe, who is present everywhere, did not have a room to be born in. The Son of God left his throne in heaven, surrounded by the unceasing praise of angels to come to earth, where he would ultimately receive a crown of thorns and hear crowds shouting, shouting crucify him. And that's from Mark 15, 13. At Christmas, we stand in awe at the majesty and the humility of God. He came not in power to kings in a palace, but in humility to ordinary shepherds in a small rural town of obscurity. The Lord comes to us not with angry fist, shouting from heaven, but with an open hand and helpless cry from the manger. Five, God is at work in the darkness. Why did Jesus come? How would you answer that? Most people would say to save us or to show God's love or something similar to that. That's true, but the Apostle John gives a rather unexpected and clear statement as to why Jesus came. He said the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. 1 John 3 verse 8. I like that, to destroy the devil's work. Immediately after the fall, God made a promise. He told the serpent, the devil, that from the offspring of Eve would eventually come someone who would crush the head of the serpent. And that's in Genesis 3 verse 15. This is the first reference to the good news that the Savior would come to destroy the devil's work and to redeem us. Christmas, then, is a reminder that even in our broken world full of darkness, sin, and evil, God is still at work, bringing light to those who are in darkness. Six, God has good news of great joy for all people. The angel announced to the shepherds good news of great joy that will be for all people. From Luke 2, verse 10. Good news, great joy for all people. That's the wonderful proclamation of Christmas in a nutshell. The good news is that we have a Savior, Jesus Christ. And it is good news, not good advice or good teaching, but good news. That means that something has happened. God came to us in the person of Jesus. He came into the real world in a real place and really lived among us and really died for our sins and really rose from the dead. And he really offers us the free gift of salvation. It's the best news. And it is news for all people. No one is outside of the reach of God's grace in Christ. All are welcome to come. No matter who you are, what you've done, or whatever your background is, all are welcome to come to Jesus, who received his free gift of salvation. It is the greatest gift that leads to the greatest joy, the joy of knowing Jesus, of living with hope, of being adopted into God's family, and knowing that your future is secure in him. Seven, God graciously gives and graciously saves. 
We love seeing our friends and family and children excitedly open gifts with gratitude and joy. There's nothing like that feeling of seeing a loved one joyfully receive a gift that you got them. And similarly, there's nothing like receiving a thoughtful, meaningful gift from a loved one. Why do we give gifts on Christmas? Because we remember that God is a gracious giver. Consider the most famous passage in the Bible, John 3:16, in the light of Christmas. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Our greatest need required the greatest gift. And the greatest gift that God can give is himself. That's what he did on Christmas. He gave us his one and only son to save us from our sin. And just like any gift, the proper response to a gift is not the pay, not the to pay the gift giver back. That would be an insult. The proper response is to simply receive the gift with joy and with gratitude. That's what God calls us to do with his free gift of salvation, to joyfully receive his son. Eight, God always keeps his promises. The accounts of Jesus' birth in the Gospels of Matthew and Luke show how Jesus' birth fulfilled many long-awaited promises to Abraham, David, and other prophets. You can hear echoes of the Old Testament throughout the Christmas story, and there are direct statements like, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. And that's in Matthew 1, verse 22. We often struggle with waiting on God. I know I do. We want him to come through for us and to fulfill his promises according to our schedule. After all, some of the promises fulfilled at Christmas were spoken of centuries before that. The Apostle Peter encourages us, But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Christmas shows us that God is always faithful to fulfill his promises. While it may not be in our desired time or in our desired way, God always comes through. When he does, it is always better than what we could have planned. We can trust him and his timing. And we have two more. The ninth truth of Christmas is that God is worthy of our praise, all praise. We sing, Joy to the world, silent night, O holy night, away in a manger, O come, O come, Emmanuel, and the list could go on. We love singing songs at Christmas, don't we? We sing because Christmas is a time to celebrate, a time to praise God for sending his Son. You can't read the Christmas story without hearing the songs and the praises of God's people. You can read Mary's song, known as the Magnificent, in Luke 1, 46 to 55, or you can read Zachariah's song in Luke 1, 67 to 79, or read of the multitude of angels singing, singing the multitude of angels in Christ's birth in Luke 2, 13 to 14. And they were proclaiming, at the birth of Christ, the shepherds worshiped Jesus, and as did the Magi. When you consider all that God has given us in Christ, Praise is the proper response, and he is worthy of all our worship. And the last one, truth of Christmas, is Jesus is coming back to renew all things. Advent is not just about looking back to Christ's birth and his first coming, but also about looking forward to his second coming. 
Just as Israel awaited the coming of the Messiah, so we too await in eager anticipation for the Lord to return to make all things right and all things new. Think about the lyrics of the hymn, Joy to the World, that we sing at Christmas time, but think of it in light of the return of Christ. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room, and heaven and nature sing, and heaven and nature sing. And it says, he rules the world with truth and grace, and makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness and wonders of his love. So the repeated promise of the New Testament is that Jesus will come again as the King of Kings to reign over all the earth in righteousness. We will dwell with him forever, rejoice in the wonders of all his love, and Revelation 21.4 says he will wipe every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever, praise the Lord. In our current world, world with so much fear, uncertainty, and confusion, this is the great and guaranteed hope that we have in Christ. And Hebrews 9.28 says, Christ was offered once for all time as a sacrifice to take away the sins of many people. He will come again not to deal with our sins, but to bring salvation to all who eagerly wait, are waiting for him. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you, Lord, for the truths that are in your word, for the truths of the Christmas story, Lord. It's not just a made-up story, but it is your truth and your word. And Lord, we thank you that we have a living hope, and we thank you that we have joy in you, and we have hope in um, eternity with you if we have placed our trust in you, Lord. And we are looking forward to your second coming. And dear God, we just uh, want to always tell the world of the wonders of your love. We praise you, Lord, for all that you are, for all that you do. And we thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a wonderful Christmas season, guys.